Hello, everybody, and happy new year. This is the very first Good Girl Mafia podcast of the year. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season, and it's January, and we are back. And here at Good Girl Mafia 2020, January of 2020, is all about creating a 2020 vision for your life. So the questions are, what is a clear 2020 vision? Why do you need it? And perhaps most important, how do you create a 2020 vision for the year? I really want to contrast a 2020 vision with the concept of a resolution, because I think resolutions, if they were so great, we'd all keep them. This is something entirely different. And most of us really didn't grow up being taught how to create a vision for our lives. And my goal in January is to help you Tap into that voice that says it's time for a change and encourage you to honor that voice and help empower you by giving you the tools you need to create a path forward to realize your vision, which is why I'm so excited about today's guest. She is a life coach, hypnotherapist, spiritual mentor, and meditation teacher, Ryan Haddon, and she's here to answer all of those questions. Some of you may have already discovered Ryan through Poosh like I did. So I've enlisted Ryan's help because she has found her life's purpose through service to others by meeting her clients right where they are in the process, gently urging them to move closer to who they were always meant to be. And I know that that sounds amazing to you because it sounds amazing to me too. And the question is, who are you meant to be? Today, we all get to be Ryan's clients. So Ryan Haddon, welcome to the Good Girl Mafia podcast and happy new year. Yay. Happy new year. It's so great to be here. And thank you for having me. Oh, are you kidding? I've, I've really been wanting, as you know, to have you on for quite some time. And I thought this is the perfect fit because, you know, I'm, I'm using the word resolution just as a sort of a contrast to the difference that we're trying to make in creating a vision for your life in 2020. So Ryan, I really want to take it from the top. If creating Mm -hmm. a vision for the year was so easy, we'd never make new year's resolutions, which by definition I feel are often broken. So From your point of view, how is creating a vision, a 2020 life vision different? Well, I think first off of the changing of the new year, it's an auspicious time to just sort of take stock of where you are and where you want to go. So I feel like there's a changing of the guard that happens. And so we want to catch just like, you know, those racing cars have that that wind behind them. So we want to catch that draft because the collective consciousness, we've all agreed as a society, this is a time where change happens. And when we agree to things like this collectively, there's great, great power. So we want to take advantage of this. That's why we don't do it in the summer. That's why we don't do it. We do it at this time of year when um, certainly we just passed the winter solstice. So it's about a time of being where we're germinating, where we're you know, it's fertile ground where things are, things are growing, things are growing underground and we can't quite, quite see them come to fruition yet. So it is, we're just acknowledging that this is a very auspicious time, this coming into the new year time. And so again, great time to take advantage of taking stock of what's been and moving into another version of ourselves. Cause that's really what we're asking for with a resolution, right? Right. So the way I see a resolution is, um, I kind of have a more of a a negative uh, take on it, so to speak, because it feels to me, it's a little bit like shoring up your shortcomings in your life. 
Whereas having goals or a vision, as you say, includes kind of a mechanism of accountability and a measurement of something that can move you forward towards a desired outcome. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we're calling out, say, um, I'm not, it, 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 resolutions can be about lack, about not being enough, about having to do better. And it inherently um, cements kind of a negativity. And I'll get into that a little bit more about with the subconscious, because you mentioned I'm a hypnotherapist. Right. So this is something that I believe in, and I'll, I'll explain more about later. But going back to this visioning and goals, it's about gaining power and accelerating our progress when you strive for something positive. So rather than avoiding things that we don't want to have happen, um, uh, it's more about confirming more of what we want when we say we want a goal or we have a vision, right? It has more of a positive feel to it. So I just really like that difference between the two. And I feel like like the, the whole idea of a resolution, it almost sets us up to feel even worse, whether mm -hmm. it's a week down the road, six weeks down the road, three months down the road. And to your point, I really feel that you're right. It's rooted in, you know, a more or less a negative point of view, as opposed to, as you say, making it about the positive. I love that right. distinction. I love that. Great. Yeah. And I think understanding this, like if you close your eyes for a moment, let's just do that together. Okay. Close your eyes, Diana. And if I say to you, don't think of the pink elephant, <laughs> what do you see? <laughs> pink elephant. Exactly. So that's how it works. That's how it works. When we say don't do something, we are, we are confirming something that we're seeing happen, right? Yeah. We're seeing it anyway. So we might as well turn spit it into a positive. So we'll get into more of the specifics of how that is. But that's basically how the subconscious mind sees things also. Just to get in the negative, it only sees it in the positives. So we want to keep it. So if it's that I want... Um, I've been, you know, if it's a negative, say, to say, I want more love in my life. I'm opening myself up to more love this year. Like that's a different way rather than, you know, um, somehow like I'm lonely or I'm alone or I'm like, you know what I mean? So we're just trying to spin it into something that is, is, is just opening ourselves up in a positive way to this new, new shift. How do you define a crystal clear 2020 vision? For you, Ryan, what is that? What does that look like? Well, you know, it is interesting because I looked up on the American Optometric Association on the idea of 2020, and it says that it doesn't mean perfect vision. It means it indicates sharpness or clarity of vision from a distance. And I think that's it's interesting. We also say... Um, Hindsight is 2020. So that's about looking back with information and processing with a bird's eye view and a bigger picture. So going forward, we can do the same. We have this capacity to project ourselves. And, you know, we're always manifesting whether we want to be or not. Whatever you focus on, that's what you're calling in to your space, right? So we might as well get in alignment with the highest version of that manifesting. So um, again, going back to it doesn't have to be perfect vision, right? It's about just having some clarity of vision from a distance. So from here, we're, we're looking down the pipeline of 2020 and saying, I'd like it to look more and look and feel more like this, right? And, and just has that gentleness and that ease rather than like, I'm on this road and I'm going to make a sharp left this way. It's like just trusting like we're on the path, we're going in the direction we're supposed to go. And this is about just tweaking and, and adjusting. I also want to... Um, 
address this beautiful concept um, when I went through coaching school. It's called the SMART acronym. It's S-M-A-R-T. Have you heard of it? You're I have. Sure. I love it. I love I it. And it's, right? it sounds so simple, but when you implement it, it has a powerful impact. It does. So SMART is what um, you work with a client and talk about, uh, they have a goal. And then as a coach, you'd say, okay, is it SMART? So S stands for specific. Is it clear, concise, and tangible? So that's how we would break down a goal or a vision. The M is measurable. So does it have a dollars, a volume, a time, an experience, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, achievable is the A. Is it something that you can you can make happen, right? Right. And then R, realistic. Is it is it fifty percent realistic for you? Like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So setting that you're trying to make sure that this goal is something that's doable and you run it through these checks and balances. And then the T is timed. Is there a dead, is there deadlines around it that you could be committed to? Right. So this is how we um, put it on paper. Right. So we just think about it. We put them in a sight line. So there's a constant reminder. There's a neurological reinforcement of goals. When we put things on paper, it can be you know, through a vision board, it can be through journaling, it can be through affirmations, it can be through, but writing it out seems to be journaling, writing out what is that goal, and then running through that SMART, you know, um, filter for it yourself. And if it's not, dial it back a little. You know, truly, truly, what we know is that it's the small, small and measurable ways we move the needle forward. It's not in the big, huge swaths of change, it's in the, the small ways. So if you have some big goal, find a way to break it down and smart and, um, and make it more, more doable, more self-esteem building, frankly. I love that because I, I really think that it, going back to what I said earlier, none of us are really taught to do this. You know, we're, we're taught math and science and reading and, you know, imagine if we had been taught at a much younger age to do these things, how much different, you know, our lives may or may not have been like, who knows. But I think that there comes a point in time where if you really do want to change something, it's not brute force. I think we all come back to the, the fact that at some point you realize brute force and just willpower isn't enough. And frankly, it can be exhausting, Ryan. Mm -hmm. It can. And it also, it's, you know, you, it's like bending, bending life to your will. Right. And that, I mean, there are people and there are coaches out there that, that it's, you know, if you just push harder, if you just do more, but I think this is a women's medium right here that you've created this, you know, good girl mafia. And it's, I think women are doing so much already. We are, in, we are just incredible. You know, <laughs> I mostly work with women. So I'm like, I'm just always in awe at our, you know, just at our fortitude, at the many hats that we wear at, you know, just our innate um, gifts that we come into this world with. And so I think we probably are doing enough. I think most women are. So, but where is there an area where, so it's just saying that's the overall blanket. You are enough. You are doing enough. But where are there parts that could be, could be adjusted or tweaked or realigned with, you know, this next phase of your, of 2020, so right, to speak. Right. right. I love that. I love that. I want to talk about the importance of using our intuition, Ryan, when we're creating our vision and it's a vital piece of the puzzle. And some people are just a few decisions, as you say, a few tweaks away 
from getting on their path and and really making those changes in in life. I will tell you full disclosure for me, and I'm very candid with the audience, my life required a total revolution, like total revolution. It was death, divorce, and leaving a great job of over 10 years all at the same time. And I was making a lot of these life-altering decisions. And at the time, Ryan, I really believed that I was listening to my inner voice and I felt like I was following my intuition. And right after my father died, then my marriage, the, the just the plug had to be pulled. And then I, as I mentioned, left a really good job. And those all came from what I thought was my intuition. And the further down the road I went is the more convinced I became that my intuition was broken. Like it did not work. I was on the side of the road. Somebody called AAA. You know, my intuition needs a needs a boost because things got inevitably harder before they got easier. And that was just my my life story. And, and that was my path. So my question to you becomes, as we're going down the road, how do we really know that it's our inner voice talking and that it is our intuition? Because when you know it is, that's when you can trust it 100%. So how do we know? I don't know that it's ever an absolute. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this quote that we we have to learn to differentiate um, between the sound of your intuition guiding you and your traumas misleading you. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. And that's a tough one to do. And it's really, honestly, it's about doing the work. And the work is, you know, cultivating and curating that voice within. <laughs> <laughs> is that the kitty? Is that the kitty? Yes. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. No, there's like full on banging on the door. So, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Should I just pause and put it in the other room? It's not a problem. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. That is so funny. I love you know, it. It would just keep escalating. Do <laughs> um, so you want me to pick that up from the yeah, top? Yeah, you just go right yeah. ahead. Yeah. I forgot how I started. Um, can you just lead me back to say what sure. you were saying just about your family? Sure. About yeah. Your- yeah, it was, you know, death, divorce, all of that. And I felt like my intuition was broken. I really did because things got harder. But that's really the road, right? Things got harder before they got better. And there were times where I really thought my intuition is broken. So my question is, is, you know, to help other women, how do you know that it really is your intuition so that you can trust it a hundred percent? Like, how do you know? I don't think you ever do know a hundred percent. I think that's the truth. I think you learn to trust it based on decisions you've made over time and you start to have faith in that. But I do think, um, you know, there's this great quote, you have to learn how to differentiate between the sound of your intuition guiding you and your traumas misleading you. Wow. So what that implies to me is that you just, you have to do the work and the work is, you know, um, all the things that we know, you know, we hear about it's, it's journaling, it's meditating, it's 
creating space to listen to, to tap into that part of you, that higher part of you that wants a voice, but then the ego wants to always run point and think it's got, you know, it's the small will. There's many, many ways you can look at it. It's the small will, it's the ego self that has, you know, a limited purview of the future and its vested interest is in keeping control, mm -hmm. right? So it wants to keep you in your safety spot and not, um, cause it's like, we got to get same with the subconscious mind. You know, we have the subconscious mind that overrides the conscious mind and says, you know, this is what you need to do to stay safe. This was what feels good. And its job is to provide you feeling good, but it's not always for the highest, not always for the best. So, you know, all these things to be able to make friends with them, to be able to cohabit within ourselves with, you know, um, uh, learning how to self do self-hypnosis is another one. There's, there's so many ways in which we can move through traumas. It's getting a great therapist. It's having a great life coach. It's hypnotherapist. It's like all these different tools are out there. And then it's learning to really cultivate that stillness within yourself. So you are allowing that higher part of you to direct your life rather than that small self, you know, which really wants to wrestle control away. One right? of the, one of the things that I found that really helped me, uh, was I, I, sort of went through this exercise and this process of defining what my values were, you mm -hmm. know, cause you think, you know, what your values are like, well, yeah, I value, you know, uh, trust and I value all these things, but I went through this whole process, which I'm sharing with the audience this year, uh, of how to really get clear on what your core values are. And for some odd reason, and, and you're going to be like, Diane, I don't know the answer, but maybe you do. But for some odd reason, I found that really helped me get in touch and trust that voice inside of me more, mm. because I felt like if the voice was aligned with those core values, then maybe I'm on the right path. Yeah, that's powerful. That's beautiful. That's a great, it's a great thing to have people do. Yeah, it really is. So, um, Whoever's listening, <laughs> make that list of your core values. It's a great tool to put in the toolbox. And then I also think along those same lines, you know, we're talking about visioning this next year. It's like write about, make an inventory at this, you know, make an inventory of like what worked this year? You know, what were the learnings? Where did you lean in? When should you have leaned out? You know, so it's, and what were the themes of last year? What's been up for you this year, you know, cause there are, I do feel like things come in waves like that. Yeah. And if you can see like what worked, then you start to know how to, um, what tools you can, you can pick up in a moment when you're feeling like you're setting these goals and you're feeling like you're sliding back, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So like know what your tools are in your toolbox. Number one, and number two, like really start to create that dialogue with yourself. Like, wow, I was really, this really upset me or wow, this really didn't work or really I, I meant to do this and I took a left turn and it kind of took me off the path a bit. So it's really just, um, asking yourself, how can I further expand myself? And then again, making these sorts of lists about what worked this last year and what were the themes and how did things change and what were the tools, you know, that's powerful. That's really, really powerful because again, it's just a, taking a moment to reflect because mm -hmm. I think we gain so much insight on ourselves. And we're so busy, you know, you brought up earlier as women, you know, we're all doing so many things and we're all amazing at doing them, but it leaves us very little time to stop. Like we have to be mindful and really intentional about stopping and reflecting. And I think mm -hmm. if we can do that at the end of a year, beginning of a year, I think that could be like 
just so impactful and powerful for the mm-hmm. year ahead. I really do. You know, you brought up um, the subconscious earlier, and I, I'm glad you did because it's on my on my question list for you. How big of a role will our subconscious play in creating and executing our vision? Well, pretty huge, honestly. Um, and it's, you know, the subconscious takes up 95% of our life. Okay. So that's staggering. Whoa, whoa, right? whoa, whoa. Yeah. Say that again. Our subconscious runs 95% of our life. Wow. Okay. You sure? (laughs) You sure? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. 95%. So on, you know, on what on God's green earth do we even have shoved back there? I mean, if that's taking up 90, if that's making 95% of our decisions, that's Mm -hmm. huge, huge. But it's also empowering. So I think I'll just take this moment to explain what that means for anyone who's listening who doesn't know. What's the conscious mind? What's the subconscious mind? So the conscious mind is how we are right now, how we're listening to this information, how you and I are dialoguing. So that's the conscious mind. And then you have the subconscious. Now, they know it's somewhere in their brain. They don't know exactly where. But its job, like I said earlier, is to keep you safe. So up until the age of five or seven, that's sort of up for debate, is when we've laid down every idea around power, success, love, um, fortune, any of those, any of those elements, as we've absorbed everything like a sponge. So basically, most of the time, we're walking around like five and seven-year-olds with ideas around this is what this should look like. And what it does is it overrides the conscious mind. Say you say, you know, I want to go to the gym today. I'm going to go to the gym. Then you find at the end of the day, you didn't go to the gym, right? Well, maybe your life got busy. That could very well be. But if this is a consistent pattern, somewhere that tells me that your subconscious has over hijacked the conscious mind and said, no, 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 no. That's, I got a better idea. We're just going to sit home and we're going to watch Netflix because that's what feels good. And you're getting a reinforced, you know, positivity around that. Right. So you see, and so that's how we can stay stuck. And that's how it's so sneaky, but really it's, it's to make friends with it. It's not like it's out to get us. It's really just, it needs a reboot is what it needs. And we can do that ourselves. You don't need to have a th- hypnotherapist do that. Right. We can do it through prayer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I don't know. You know, prayer can do it. Prayer can override a lot. Really? <laughs> so through prayer. Yep. Absolutely. They've shown that, that it can definitely, it's one of the ways we can change patterning with the subconscious. So prayer, um, mind work. So when you start to watch, and that's to make friends with your mind, start to watch, oh, I'm doing this again. It start to talk yourself out of it and just say, you know, this is just to being noticing and aware. So there's that. Affirmations can help with that. And then doing self-hypnosis, which really, you know, you can YouTube, you can look up. It's a very easy process to take yourself through it and re re reboot your subconscious or working with a hypnotherapist. That's probably one of the fastest. Wow. And if it's making 95% of the decisions in our lives, I think we need to all lean into that a little bit more and think about it and really ask ourselves the important questions. And going back to what you were saying earlier, taking stock of the last year, noticing the themes, I'm sure that will sort of help lead us down the path of being a little bit more aware of our subconscious and what's going on in there, because I'm sure there, there are patterns. Definitely. Yeah. And then we have habits and conditioning and trauma, like I said. So I think, you know, we were talking about making those, um, cleaning house, you know, Mm -hmm. doing that inventory. Mm -hmm. So get help, 
you know, if that's what it is, support yourself for accountability and blocks, you know, that's where the ego hides, you know, and again, the subconscious. So there's like, there's quite a few things that, you know, we set the best intentions and then we wonder why we're not there. And then we beat ourselves up and it's so unfair. And if this can illuminate for anybody, like have, there's, have so much compassion for you because there are so many other things at work, you know, that we really need support with and, um, and to support ourselves with. So I would say if there's any new year's, you know, goals, visions, resolutions, like learn some new tools with how to cope with how to be kind to yourself, to be mm -hmm. loving. And then you will get every single thing you want. Mm -hmm. Everything you want is there, but it's like also knowing that those things that we set goals and we want, it's like, you know, I want the red Ferrari. We know that red Ferrari is not going to give you that peace and that happiness and that, you know, you and I both know that, you know, yes. we've sat for a coffee once. Yes, and we're yes we did. <laughs> you know, you have there are these things we can strive and strive and strive. And we can think it's if I get that job, if I get that guy, if I have those kids, if I have truly none of those things are going to give you that um, that sense of security that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. So what will is like doing this work and then all those things will come. Right. Because you're you're at a frequency where you are calling in good because you know how to self-soothe, you know how to pull tools out of the toolbox mm -hmm. and be able to be there for yourself and be able to be, um, to practice that, that, that self-love, you know, but so to speak. It sounds so calming when you say that. And like a sense of peace comes over me when you say that. And, and how wonderful ladies would it be to do the work, get in touch with that a little bit, do the work and imagine having that peace in your life. Imagine feeling that way and it does take a little bit of work. We do have to be mindful. We, we do have to look at ourselves from every angle. But how peaceful does that sound? You mm -hmm. know, coming from a completely different place, a completely different space, accepting yourself for who you are, doing the work, and then allowing these things to come to you in a much different way, mm -hmm. in a very different way. Um, I found for myself, Ryan, mm -hmm. that the more I leaned into the clearer vision, the more I started to make changes for myself and my life, um, it started to impact those around me. Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. change, it's not just for you. Everyone else is around you is going to experience as well. And some people liked it. Mm -hmm. Other people did not like it. Mm -hmm. So for, for, for gals who, who are listening today and they're starting along this path of change um, and they're starting to see maybe two, three months down the road that it is somewhat quote unquote disruptive and some people don't like it. How do we, what are some of the ways we can deal with that? Okay. Um, here's the deal. Some people have a vested interest in us staying the same. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not bad. We don't fault them for that because we ourselves don't like to get out of our comfort zone. Right? So when you shift, everyone around you has to shift even in a small way. And just to trust that there's growing for both of you when that happens. So it doesn't mean something's wrong. It doesn't mean, it just means if you're looking to them to, for, um, you know, sometimes moving away from what we were can be lonely in the sense where we're not going to get everyone around us rallying the rallying cry because it demands that they shift as well. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable, right? So I guess it's just assuming that's going to happen and just knowing there's nothing wrong with it. It's just part of the process and there will be, you know, a leveling out. So trusting it's okay, breathing through it, 
you know, you've got to drop the people pleasing. That's just going to have to fall by the wayside because you can't move to the beat of your own intuition that we talked about because you're cultivating that and then have everyone, you know, be okay with that as well. So it's really letting go of that people pleasing, which for women can be a tough one. I hate Mm -hmm. to, you know, mark that as one of our feminine characteristics, but it kind of is. And then here's a great quote that could carry you through that's popped into my head many a time. And that is, I'd rather be happy than right. And what? That's good. Right? That's good. What that means in this context is that I am moving towards my happiness. And even though it might look wrong, it might look like someone else is highlighting, I'm not doing it right, or it feels different, or they're up in arms because I'm shifting and I'm making that change. And I'm actually forcing them to change by my um, commitment Mm -hmm. to my own path and journey. Go back to that. I'd rather be happy than right. That's powerful. Girls, I'd rather be happy than right. Maybe write that down. Maybe, maybe this week I'll put a quote up on, on, on social media and then everybody can just take a snapshot of it and make it your screensaver on your phone and just keep it there for you. Keep it there for yourself. I'd rather be happy than right. Um, what is the best thing, Ryan, that we could do for ourselves when preparing for the changes that come with a strong vision? Because as we move through this process, we start to change. How, how should we prepare for that? I think get your tools, get your tools in your toolbox and bringing that up again, you know, polish them up, get your arsenal of things that you use. You don't walk into this new year just expecting the best. You know, change requires an internal shift and it's not always an overhaul, but it's that again, those small measurable changes that move the needle forward. So above all, just know that there will be setbacks. Know that you will feel that slipping. Your subconscious is going to hijack at times. It's going to happen. And tomorrow's a new day. All we have is today anyway, right? right? So it's a new day. It doesn't mean it's over and done. I'll just wait till next year. This is a lifetime, you know, of Clarity 2020 vision that we're trying to bring in for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And it's really about coaching ourselves through those setbacks too, and being resilient with them as they come. So it's practicing patience, love, tolerance, and you know, how you talk to yourself throughout, you know, honey, you're doing like, just speak to yourself like you would your best friend, because I know you're a best friend to somebody. I know that, you know, we, 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 we have that caretaking abilities. We have those. Mm-hmm. So speak to you with your child, sweetie, you're trying so hard. It's so hard for you and you're doing so well. You, you did it a little bit today. That's good enough. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. Well done. You know, and that's that sort of self-talk. That's what that looks like. I know that's bandied about a lot mm-hmm. all over the place, but that's what it looks and feels like. It's creating an internal climate that's kind, you know, and that's how we move things forward because it's in the, in the, in the contraction. It's in the resistance of like, I didn't do it. I'm not getting this right. I'm not doing it. It's not working. And usually by January 20th, read this somewhere, January 20th, people have discarded their resolutions and they're back to the same old, same old. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. That's what I really, really, really want for us this year. I want to avoid that because to me, it's just wrapped in negativity. It's wrapped Mm -hmm. in the, oh, I need to lose weight. Oh, I need to stop smoking. Oh, I need to change my entire life this year. I have to change it all. And to me, it's just wrapped in pressure. By definition, it's very pressure filled. And going back to what you were saying earlier, if your subconscious was formed from five 
through seven, that means that that's a little child. That's, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a little one that's inside of us. So to speak tenderly to a child is the way I think most of us naturally speak to children. So why would we, you know, turn around and speak to our child inside of us in such a mean way? Oh my God. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, um, it's really, uh, incredible. So I feel like that's inner child work where you sit with her and you can do that. You can close your eyes and call her in and see what she looks like and make note of her and ask her to, to come, you know, cause she's been silenced most times that, that little girl self. And so what happens is when she doesn't have a place, she throws tantrums in your, mm. in, in your adult world, she'll throw down because she's trying to be heard. So do, like, I love that you brought that up because it's an important part of how I work too with clients is we talk about, we bring this girl in and let's hear what she's got to say. And we give her a place. So you can check in with her in the morning. What do you need today? What do you, what kind of, what, what would be fun for you today? And this idea of fun, right? We don't usually think about that around new year's resolutions or goals or visions. Like it seems like hard work. And even I'm talking about toolboxes, right? So, (laughs) but it's really like, where's the fun? Where's the joy? Where can we connect to? And it's really about moving closer and integrating all these parts of ourselves. That's where the happiness lies. It's not going to be losing that 10 pounds, quitting smoking, although that is good for your health. But how about it's like maybe smoking less? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, you know, eating, making better choices with food and concrete ways, maybe three days a week. I'm going to like, that's what I'm, when I talk about that small measurable, Mm -hmm. it's like we come in with these blanket statements and they're just without support, without compassion, without full understanding of all the mechanisms of who we are and how complex we are. You know, and we use it as a tool to bludgeon ourselves yet again. I didn't get it done. It's never going to change. I'm not going to be the person that I'm meant to be. You are that woman. You're moving in that direction. But just go kinder. Just go softer. Just take the edges off and check in with you on the way. See, I told you you wanted to be Ryan's client today. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I knew you wanted to be Ryan's client today. This is part one of a two-part series. And I feel like today, Ryan, you've really sort of laid the groundwork for us and sort of explained how the mechanisms inside of us work and some of the ways in which we can prepare. So consider this week, part one, your starting point. And I really want you to take Ryan's words to heart. Start preparing yourself in a very kind and gentle way. Because when we come back next week, we're going to do a deep dive into the big question, which is how. How do we create a solid vision? So join Ryan and I next week on the Good Girl Mafia podcast. And in the meantime, you can go to the Good Girl Mafia website. What I have done for this month is I've uploaded a lot of free materials for you to help you along the way. We're going to do it differently this year. We're going to do it in a gentle way. So you can go to the Good Girl Mafia website and you can also visit Ryan. Now, Ryan, you write for Poosh, and I know that you're at Ryan Haddon on Instagram. Um, You link all of your articles there, and your website is? Um, www.ryanhaddon.com. So if anybody wants to work with you, they can reach out to you via your website. There's a contact form. Or there, Instagram. Right? Same on Instagram. That's where I write most of my day-to-day things. But just for those of you that don't know, Push is Courtney Kardashian's uh, lifestyle website. And it's very, it's a beautiful space of really women supporting women. Um, there's lots of other great writers on there. So I, I truly recommend you check it out. 
All right, girls, we will see you back here next week for part two with Brian Haddon, how to create a 2020 vision for your life in 2020. No, thank you, lady. We'll see you back here next week.